All right, no pod nation. Uh, we are excited for this day. We've been waiting a long time for this day. Uh, if you're if you're a new uh, viewer or listener, my name is Jeremiah. Normally, my buddy Warren is here with me. Um, Warren is in Minnesota right now, uh, but we wanted to get this intro recorded and out so that way we can get our interview with Craig Kilborn up and going. In full disclosure, which is how we've always done no pod is just uh, we're, we're always honest with you, right? And so Warren and I, uh, we, we did the interview with uh, Craig Kilborn on Sunday. Um, and we were as giddy as little schoolboys get. And uh, we recorded the next day uh, an intro um, that would have gone right here. And so we uh, recorded that, uh, went about maybe five minutes or so. And Warren today was editing that footage. And uh, he, frankly, he said uh, we sounded pathetic. And so... Um, apparently we were pretty, um, embarrassing, uh, if you would have heard it, we were just, uh, I think just gushing and we're, we're so just, uh, so giddy with excitement. Apparently it didn't make for good podcasting. So that footage will go into the no pod vault and, uh, you will never hear it except maybe in 50 years, uh, whenever we're dead and, um, and some, you know, maybe they'll release it with, uh, with a, with a DVD or something like that. So, uh, on the, on the outset, I just want to say, um, this was just crazy for us. Uh, this was, um, if you haven't been listening to our podcast months ago, um, I mentioned Craig Kilborn's name, uh, and about how much I used to love him and I've been missing him in the, uh, in the zeitgeist. And Warren was like, oh my gosh, Craig Kilborn. I haven't thought about Craig Kilborn uh, forever. And we both just kind of talked about how awesome he was. And we kind of made it into an ongoing bit at the end of each of our episodes where we would just plea for Craig to come on and we would post those on Instagram and tag him. And eventually uh, he started responding and then said he would actually come on our podcast. So this thing that just like organically started as as this fun little bit that we would do at the end of our, our recordings actually resulted in us being inter- in interview uh, my like all time hero of a, my favorite TV personality. So uh, just unbelievably cool. So two things off the get go, uh, because we are terrible podcasters. Uh, we did not let uh, Craig uh, plug his podcast, uh, The Life Gorgeous. Uh, at the end of it, we just kind of skipped over that. Not that like he needs our 40 listeners necessarily, but uh, go check it out. The Life Gorgeous. Uh, it's a great, it's a great listen. Um, and then I also have a message for those uh, Craig Kilborn fans who maybe have found their way to this interview. I am one of you. Uh, we are a team together. We are people who have loved him on SportsCenter, Daily Show, but especially maybe the Late Late Show and have just missed his voice, uh, his comedic voice out there. And so um, I can't believe that we got him for this interview. Uh, and if I were you, if I was listening to an interview, but but two Joe Schmoes uh, interviewing my TV hero, um, I'm sure I'd be annoyed the whole time because they're asking terrible questions or would not be following up in the way I would totally get it. We tried the best we can, so hopefully you still enjoy it. And now, my dear Ryans, please enjoy There Is No Podcast with special guest Craig Kilborn. But first, a cleansing breath from the man himself. So you are recording now, right? Correct. And my name's Craig. I'm just confused because I get bombarded with the young people who want me to do their podcast. I don't know which guys you are. Are you the guys from Florida or Oklahoma or upstate New York or Illinois? Illinois, central Illinois. Oh, you those guys. You yes, guys those made guys. fun of me for talking nope. about my Timberwolves. No, no. no we sir. love it, Craig. I know. that was. <laughs> that's why I'm doing it. You guys were like, you guys were like, He'll just talk about the Timberwolves. He doesn't even care, <laughs> which is a very good point, which is a very good point. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up, Craig, because I feel like it's in line with what we're doing here. And obviously we don't have uh, nearly the amount of uh, viewers and listeners that you have, but we're just going to talk about whatever we want. There is no format to this podcast. We don't care. So it must be going very well then. Uh, we're having fun. <clears throat> How long have you done it? Yeah, so the problem, or not the problem, or maybe it is the problem, was we we peaked at about 40 listeners. Probably about five or six were us checking to make sure the podcast was working. Another two were like our wives listening. And then Warren right. Warren had to come down with cancer last year, which could put us on hiatus for about, oh, which put us for about six months. And then we came back on and- God bless you. I hope you're okay, buddy. 
You doing all yes, right? Yes, I'm doing. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. This is actually. I've got my chemo curls coming in here. Do you like that? Yeah, you look good. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, are you guys having fun? That's important. Yes, we're having fun. We're enjoying what we do. I don't really like the the post production aspect of it because I'm doing it all. I don't know if you certainly don't edit your own podcast. I would imagine, but uh, that, that that's the I that's don't. the part that sucks, Craig. Yeah, so good, it's good it's for that, you. It can be time consuming. Yeah, I know. I yeah. adjusted my color. It still doesn't quite look right, but that's okay. It looks a little reddish to me. I'm always okay. adjusting my lighting and my color. We can fix that. Well, I can. Uh, I can take some of that red out that if you one. want. Okay. Uh, let me just see. Let me just see if I want to make any. I'm not going to do the camera thing again. I could change my drapes a little bit. Let me see. That's good. I have this. I'll uh, show you quickly if you can. You can see. <laughs> so I have a window over here. And there's the oh. window. And, and that, you see the drapes? Do you see that Love wall? It. Most of my wall is mahogany paneling, but that's a paisley uh, fabric on my wall over my that. other couch. And then uh, there's my conquistador. And I'm just going to do a little something. It's going to get a little brighter. I'm going to open one of the drapes. And the okay. glass I have in my mahogany panel den is kind of a sienna color. You know sure. what I'm saying? Yes. So it, it gets my face. Let me just go. try something. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I don't know. I don't know. We'll fix it. So let's start this puppy up. Let's do this right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> you're you're getting requests to be on podcasts left and right, I imagine? Uh, I, I get a lot of them. But yeah, I, I, I did see you guys DM me something funny where he'll just talk about the Timberwolves. <laughs> he doesn't even care. And it's a very good point because I really enjoy my Instagram. That's my favorite thing. It's very creative. Not as mm -hmm. much work. I can just put a photo up and say a funny caption. But the people, you know, the, the old fans and my friends wanted me to do a podcast. And I just, I, I didn't really want to do one because everyone has one. Plus, you had to um, have people, you know, the guest over to your house or garage, wherever you do the podcast. And I didn't want that. And then during COVID, we all went split screen. So then I said, I'll do it. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm happy that you have because I love hearing you. Um, was sad to see a you know walk off into the sunset. Uh, it would have yep. fifteen years that. ago or so. Sorry. No, it's I, fine. No, it does. It does bother people. I will say, for me, it was exhilarating. It was one of the happiest days of my life, and I know I'm enigmatic that way. But um, I really enjoyed doing the CBS show five years. Yeah. But I got bored with um, pop culture. I'm not really into pop culture. I was in my 20s. We did a lot sure. of pop culture jokes. I'm not political. And my my uh, creative uh, comedic sensibility is more irreverent and uh, I like to say aristocratic. And um, and I just got a little burned out. And, and that show was owned by the great David Letterman. I'm a big fan. Johnny Carson's my favorite. Then Dave... But it really wasn't, I didn't think it was set up for victory. It was set up more as a placeholder because Dave was concentrating on competing with Jay. And I'm proud to say that we we did very well. We had seven writers and no band. And uh, Conan had 18 writers in a band and, and Kimmel had 12 writers in a band. So we had um, we had a smaller staff, but we, we did pretty well. And uh, But I, I, I was happy to leave. You guys can comment when I when I finish. You guys can comment if you like. <laughs> yeah, so we we hope that this whole podcast just doesn't turn into like a um, a Chris Farley sketch where we're just saying, "Hey, remember when this and happened, and remember when 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 that happened." We love that. Yeah, but I, one thing that I do uh, want to ask you about with because you mentioned Conan. So when I your show was on when basically Warren and I were in college, so I watched your show every single night and. I always preferred you to Conan, of course, um, but I've oh. always was struck with Conan. His shtick, his kind of shtick was more very self-depreciating, uh, just kind of making fun of himself all the time. And yours was the yin right. to his yang, where you the were, opposite. you know, yeah. the opposite. And I always wondered, was that just a happy accident or was that something that kind of was part of the de the decision of, of you getting that show? Well, uh, good question. But the way it is, 
Um, so you guys are probably too young to remember Johnny Carson, but he was very cool and smooth and sophisticated. And then Leno and Letterman came along and it was a whole different thing. My grandfather said, it's now a dork festival, but that was my <laughs> grandfather. But, um, and, and just let me say, uh, um, as I said, Johnny Carson's my favorite. Dave Letterman's my second favorite for pure comedy. I think Conan is the funniest. But Conan had said mm. in interviews that he was a tall guy who was not coordinated. And I was extremely coordinated. I played point guard at 6'5". I mean, so we're just different. We're just different people. And I did a joke uh, on my Instagram. Actually, it was on the podcast where I said, uh, when I did late night, they referred to me as the natural host. So the question I answered on my podcast was, if you weren't the natural host, what would you be doing? Uh, how would you how would you adjust in late night? I said, well, I would be doing a lot of voices and a lot of juggling and I would do characters. And <laughs> um, but I don't have to work as hard because I'm the natural host, Some, something to that effect. But um, yeah, I think I was influenced growing up by um, guys that were cool and smooth. Johnny Carson, um, when I was younger, this is a movie, uh, but I was a big James Bond fan and I still am. I like Sean Connery. I love Daniel Craig. Yeah. And uh, I'll give you a, this is a little different because this guy was not cool or smooth, but it's my favorite, um, it's my favorite sitcom because he's erudite and uh, I was a Frasier fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen that sitcom. So I was, a, I was a fan of Frasier. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I'm breaking down no. some of the influences, some of the different styles, you know? Yeah, and so that, uh, you know, I'm curious. Go ahead, Warren. Sorry, Jeremiah. This happens a lot, Craig. Don't worry <laughs> about it. That's okay. I, I'm i curious. When I, one of the things uh, I do, by the way, if I was one of you two guys and you want to follow up so the other guy can see, I go like this. I got something else to say. I'm going to say. Oh, see, you know what? You can we, do that. We we talked about that in the lead yeah. up to this, and we said yeah. if we if we do something like that, he's gonna he's gonna think we're hacks. But no, you're no that's no no. The suggestion I, I, okay. I, we used to do it at ESPN when we were um, partnered up, and the audience wouldn't see it because we were usually over highlights sure. or over a scoreboard or something full screen. But we just go wait. I got one more thing to say here. Perfect. Little little behind the behind the scenes look at the anchor desk. The there. So he's ready so to I, say. I something. wanted to ask you. Yeah, see, he's I wanted ready to, to ask you if. Oh God! See, I, I got a look though, Craig. He's ignoring you. Yeah, <laughs> we're still fit, we're still working out the kinks, Craig. So oh. we actually brought on we actually brought on a friend to interview last week just to practice for this, and it did, obviously didn't help. Um, and so, so you so we're talking about Conan. This brings me to like the only if I didn't have any other question I wanted to ask when you're on, this is the question I, I really wanted to get to. So I'm just gonna get it out now, and everything else is just gravy from here. So. Conan through the years, especially now that he has his new podcast, you kind of have gotten to hear more of his like actual kind of real life pers personality, right? Like he's gone on a Howard Stern and had a very serious like hour long, two hour long discussion with Howard Stern. So what I think I have always wondered and what like a lot of Craig Kilborn fans over the years, I'm guessing probably wonder is this persona of Craig that we have seen all the way from your time at what was it KCBA Warren's that what it was KCBA mm -hmm. all the way to your your Instagram now like it is remarkably consistent like and so uh, like thank you I, I take that as a compliment <laughs> absolutely and so my my question is like what your significant other your, your significant other what would she say is your like your persona, how much percentage of like your real life is that? Like is, is the, yeah. the Craigers yeah. we no, see no, on it's, Instagram. It's, <clears throat> it's a question I get a lot. I've gotten for years. Is he real? What's going on? Well, how much of this is an act and how much of this is real? And I don't <laughs> deconstruct. I used to say, whatever the percentage that you like, whatever you like, that's the real me. Whatever you find irritating, that's the character. I used to say something like that. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it is, uh, I just think it's, um, I, I don't, again, when I don't deconstruct, I don't really know. I know I, my father told me I was very confident at a young age. Um, and I was verbal, uh, but I was pretty low key as well. I didn't really, uh, in, in certain ways I was low key where I wasn't, 
like the class clown. I just uh, I would be cool and say certain jokes at certain times. I really, you know, enjoyed comedy growing up. My my childhood was basketball and comedy. But I'll tell you something, uh, and this might go off in a few directions. But when I was working in late night and in the entertainment industry, I noticed that there were a lot of miserable people and uh, mood swing people. And I was like, I had to, I just went home and I looked up, I, I Googled like, are, are some people just born happy? And science mm. says yes. And I was like, I, I had a happy childhood. That's because my parents were great. They loved me. My dad was extremely funny, very supportive of me. My mom was the greatest. I had a great older, I have a great older brother <clears throat> and um, I have an older sister, but my brother and I are really tight and he's very different than I am. He's, he's uh, in the science fiction and he was the uh, lone valedictorian of his graduating class of 500. He's a software engineer, but we love basketball. And, um, and so uh, I think what bothers me in society, this is where I'm going in a, in a direction is we have a lot of malcontents and people full of rage and uh, they complain. And I think we're too patient with them in society. I think I want to hear from the level headed people as opposed to mm -hmm. all these freaks on Twitter. So I don't know if that's answering your question, but it's kind of the way I went with it. I, I think if we are relatively happy people who are level headed, we and I jokingly celebrate it, maybe to poke poke at the the malcontents. I'm not sure, but I think uh, <clears throat> I think we were just too patient with all these whiners, in my opinion. What do you think of that answer? Is that That's a weird good. answer? <clears throat> I just uh, cleared my throat <laughs> away from the mic. That was a pro. That's a pro move. Well, there's supposed to be a button. I I don't have a button. You know, they usually have a button where you do that. It's early for me. I'm still having my coffee. I gave you choices of times. Usually I wake up early. and I woke up an hour later, got my beauty sleep. So I, I could have done it an hour later, but I didn't. So we're all good. That, that makes me, so you mentioned you, you gave us multiple times. I legitimately want to know, now that we have a rapport, I can tell if we live by each other, we, I think we'd all become very good friends in real life. I could tell that already. So yeah, um, we'd watch each other's dogs. Yeah. We, we have been begging you, pleading with you for eight months to be on our podcast. And you and we never actually thought you would <laughs> ever do it. And you, you actually do say you would do it. And my first response to you is, okay, but actually, Warren can't. Can you wait a week and a half? <laughs> right. What was, yeah. what, what was your reaction like when you read that? Were you, what, what, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, uh, and, and for the listeners out there, when you say you're begging eight months, it was it wasn't like I was ignoring you. It was a few you were you were oh, tactful no. with yeah. your begging. It was spaced out, so it was maybe three begs <laughs> over eight months, and then I said yes. But I'm one of those guys that doesn't mind. This is I mean usually in the morning I have my coffee. I, I was watch rewatching the Wolves fourth quarter last night because they. They beat Sacramento and <laughs> I don't mind working or doing this on the weekend. Most people are like, you know, you got to, you know, weekends are yeah. sacred. So it didn't bother me. And I just wanted to, um, I wanted to do it because my schedule might get a little busy in a week. Who knows? Well, Craig, I wanted to go back. Um, we were talking a little bit about your early years, your formative years. And I want to know, was there, was there one event in your childhood, early adulthood, that you kind of figured things out and, and I imagine it involved looking into a mirror and, and literally audibly <laughs> speaking something. I want to know what you said in that mirror. I do say <laughs> that in second grade is when I got a brain, you know, when you're, I don't know what you guys remember about kindergarten and stuff, but I started playing basketball in second grade. My brother was in fifth and they had organized basketball in fifth and sixth. My dad put up a hoop in our driveway. He wanted, my father wanted us to play, um, he wanted us to play uh, baseball, but we weren't good at it. Uh, but we took to hoops. But second grade is when I really started thinking. I became aware 
My favorite player before I discovered Dr. J was Walt Clyde Frazier, the king of cool. He didn't show a lot of emotion. Uh, there was a tennis player later named Bjorn Borg, the Iceborg. He used to go up against McEnroe. He didn't show emotion. I enjoyed that. Uh, but there was a time, this is funny, I like this. I was driving with my mom, and I was a teenager. So this was way past second grade. And I loved my parents. And I was a passenger in the car. Maybe I was 14, 15. And I said, Mom, you, you and Dad are great, but honestly, I'm raising myself. I'm making my own decisions and I'm raising myself. That's the, so that's the kind of thing where, and it was, I mean, I felt that I just felt like, uh, anyways, it's how I felt. Um, I remember I used to do jumping squats in the, in the garage. That's when you put the weights on your back and I had a pad, a little rolled up, uh, towel or something and i would do jumping squats this is to help your leaping ability and i mm-hmm. had to do it every other day can't do it every day and my dad looked at, in the garage once and later he says i don't know what it is about you but you're driven aren't you you're dedicated so i've always had that like my dad was very funny and clever he played piano by ear but he worked in the he was worked in the uh, human relations department of an insurance company hiring and firing people because he had to get a job because he had three kids but he was very talented and uh he noticed that you know I don't think my dad applied himself the way I did and uh, so that was that was uh part of I had a drive at at, at some point and then when I once I got the late night show on CBS. I kind of exhaled cause I'm not greedy and I'm, I'm ambitious, but there's really not a lot I want to do right now. There's not too much. And the stuff I want to do is pretty, pretty far fetched, uh, something with my character and scripted. So, um, mm. I, I think it's, uh, yeah, I just, I had uh, a happy childhood and I, I know you're, you're asking me if I said anything in the mirror, but I did remember saying that to my mom <laughs> that I'm raising myself. <laughs> So uh, this is, I promise, Craig, this is my last, maybe, this will be my last fanboy question about your time at the Late Late Show, okay? I always find it fascinating after 9-11 happened, how shows and kind of our culture kind of revved back up after the, after 9-11. It's like when sports came back on, but specifically, I remember how hard of a time it was for, or weird of a time it was for like late night shows to come on. You also just so happened to have on one of my all like at the time favorite artists, where who was the the former lead singer of Toad the Wet Sprocket. You had on Glenn Phillips. I don't know if you remember uh, him on the okay. show, and he sang a, a really poignant song called "Darkest Hour." And I just remember sitting in my dorm room thinking, like, this was the perfect show po- post nine eleven. Uh-huh. And I just wanted to hear from your perspective, somebody who had to navigate a funny, light hearted show that made people feel good if you felt that show landed or was that as hard as I thought it would be, or just, I would love to hear your thoughts on post nine 11. Well, I don't fully remember the particular show. I do know back in the office, we analyzed along with, um, you know, Rob Burnett, who was my liaison or the guy I dealt with it, the worldwide pants at the production company. He was in New York. We talked about it because the shows had it was such a extreme tragic event that we didn't we weren't on the air for a while. None of the late night shows were, and they came on. And to be honest, <clears throat> I this is the stuff that I don't like doing publicly. Um, I prefer sitting in my den with my friends and talking about certain things. So this is where I'm. Like I'm apolitical. I don't. I was raised not to talk politics, but I just remember I had to do a desk chat about it, and it, I don't remember it being very great at all. Uh, I can remember <clears throat> somebody saying, "Well, it, I, I was just saying it's difficult to make this decision to go forward," and then I said something um, towards the end, and somebody said, "Well, I'm glad you said it at the end because the first part was just okay, something to that effect." Because I, I didn't. I, I was at a, a place where I'm doing a comedy show, and there were times I will tell you later when in television where I was poignant and I was okay with it. 
But this was a, a weird experience for me. So we did the show, and I don't remember the guests like you do, but I'm glad that you enjoyed it because it wasn't an easy show to do. Yeah. No, yeah. Like, like I said, it's still something that every 9-11, I just find myself going back and finding that clip of of uh, of his performance and just thought this just absolutely right. landed for me. I did it. I'll tell you, though, I'll tell you the poignant. There was a thing I did. So this was different. And this is where I I'm not I'm not one of those guys that tries to, you know, this is where I'm. Some people are strategic. Some broadcasters are, oh, my God, if I show emotion, this will help me. This will show my vulnerability. So this is where I'm not promoting myself or playing mm -hmm. a game. Uh, I just enjoy being creative. And, uh, and, and anyways, this was a local television and um, in Monterey, I was uh, working in Salinas, Santa Cruz, Monterey, the 110 market. I was living in Carmel, and it was in the early 90s. And Magic Johnson, I was a big basketball guy, still am. And he got, he, he, I don't, you guys might not remember this. He, he had to retire. Right. And eventually he, he came back a few years later. But I, I, uh, I walked into the office and I had I had driven. It's a 35 minute drive from Carmel and I hadn't heard the news. It happened while I was driving and I walked in and a female news reporter who I didn't really I was friendly with, but I didn't really know that well. She met me at the door and she says, you're going to did you hear what happened? This basketball player, he's got AIDS and um, you're going to be on at the top of the, the newscast today. And. I just How remember, old were you at this time? How I was 30, 31, probably. Okay. And um, it bothered me that he was now known, he was now known for this guy with AIDS. They didn't know his big smile or his passing ability. And I went on the air and I said this, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here on the air. I want to be with my buddies talking about magic, you know? Mm. And people liked that. People really liked that. When I when I was honest, because they it was a sensational thing for the basketball player with AIDS. They didn't know his enthusiasm for the game, you know. Right. I, so I, I actually worked in local news myself for a number of years, about ten years. Then got got out of that. I work for a, a manufacturing company now, and uh, it, it does seem like there are there are obviously a lot of instances where you're put in weird positions where. You know, how do you encapsulate something so profound and, and just, you know, and, and the spotlight's on and it's just it's difficult. I mean, is that part of the reason why it maybe was easier to just say, look, I I don't need any more of this limelight stuff. I'm I'm, I'm walking away. Absolutely. Because I say I don't want to cover politics and talk politics. I'm an I'm an independent. So I'm above the political fray. There's this famous writer named Joan Didion, and she said she wasn't into American politics I'm, I care about the issues, but the partisanship and the fighting, it's like, I, one of the things I say is I worked with some, some self-righteous people who, because of their political party, they felt special. And I said, well, I feel special by actually being special, <laughs> by being yeah. talented and getting a scholarship to Montana State and going to, and doing late night, as opposed to my political affiliation, which might be a little harsh, I don't know, but no. uh the other thing is, yeah, you know, social commentary. I don't want to do social commentary. I can do it in my private life and talk, you know, to my friends about it, but I don't need to do it and don't want to do it and, and on, on the air. And I don't want to hear some of my comedy heroes. I don't want to hear Jerry Seinfeld talk politics or talk race relations, um, even though I would probably agree with a lot of stuff he said. But that's not his thing. He doesn't want to do it either. Right. Yeah. And you really did get out of the industry. I mean, at a great time as far as not getting uh, pulled into that. Cause I feel like it's almost, it is almost impossible not to get pulled into that. Even somebody like uh, Jimmy Fallon, who I would think is pretty apolitical. Yeah. He had Trump on in 2016 and just got killed for even just talking to him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you're 100 percent right yeah it there is a huge freedom to not participating in the dysfunction of society i just love it <laughs> and i actually on my instagram i kind of celebrate i say my life is i'm in my club chair and then i'm in a french restaurant and then i'm back to the club chair <laughs> like i don't i don't uh 
<laughs> I don't participate in all the other stuff. Even though I'm compassionate and I care, I just do it privately. Well, what's what's the answer, Craig? If 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 we were to come to you and say, what what is the uh, what is the cure for this uh, these these issues that we have? Is it uh, is it just caring more about each other? Is it just uh, um, having that self love? Or I, I guess what what do you see as as the thing that'll kind of swing that pendulum back the other way? Well, I don't think there's an easy answer. It's not self love. I just I <clears throat> I do that comedically. I do think it's healthier to be self-accepting than self-loathing. But I I always say, let's hear from the calm and level-headed. So that means the moderates in the middle. But we, you know, the people who are malcontents and full of rage, they have a voice, mainly Twitter. And, you know, I, I do hear people, um, there are some people on the left that say those voices aren't that many people, actually. I hope they're right. But sadly, I don't have the answer beyond saying, I only want to hear from the calm and level-headed. Um, yeah. So. Who, who are, unfortunately, point. most times uh, fairly reserved. Yeah, correct. They're not as vocal. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the unfortunate thing, is that they're right. the ones that, that speak the, the, the softest. But yeah. it's because they're enjoying life probably more than, more than most. Well, I know we, we, we just have a few minutes left here. Take your time. Um, I'm getting got... into it. I can go. I, I'm oh, ready you're... to go. I'm ready to go. Do you guys we have more questions? Right. Okay. I yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Jeremiah, right. yes. Jeremiah has his hand raised. Like a pro. So, Craigers, um, uh, you are big into basketball. That's the one sport uh, I was never into. I'm trying to adopt the Pacers. Uh, they have a good young team, seem to be a little bit ahead of schedule. We got Ben uh, Matherin, seems to be really good. Um, so I'm, I've been adopting the NBA because my kids have gotten huge into the NBA. Uh, my daughter lives and breathes basketball. She's 13 uh, and just wrapped up her eighth grade season. My son is 10. Um, what advice would you give to, because you like to speak to the young people. Now I'm asking you to speak to the really young people. Uh, what would you speak to those young basketball players, to my son and my daughter? What would be some advice you'd give them? Well, I first I'd compliment them. It My parents used to say sports uh, keeps you out of trouble. Uh, you know, when you're a kid and you're playing and you're addicted to hoops, uh, or, you know, tennis or whatever sport, it, it's a positive thing for a kid. It keeps them, it motivates them. They learn how to work hard, but it also makes your life, you know, more satisfying. I, I think it's great. I, what I did was I was obsessed with basketball, uh, but I wonder how it works because my dad, again, I wanted me to play baseball. I couldn't really throw the ball the right way. And then basketball, I was just coordinated and I could dribble at an early age. My dad showed me how to shoot a layup the left off your left leg. Your right knee is up and your hand is up. And then I was, I was on the sideline watching my brother practice. He was in fifth grade. I was in second grade. I was on the sideline dribbling the ball. And the coach came over and said, are you left-handed? Why are you dribbling with your left hand? I said, because I can already dribble with my right. So I practiced a lot, but it did come easily to me. Um, and I can remember, uh, you know, you sh when you're young in elementary school, you shoot a set shot. But then I've, in sixth grade, I developed some sort of jump shot. And it was very difficult. Because you're well, I, I was I went from five foot three in fifth grade to five nine in sixth grade. I had a six inch growth oh, spurt. Wow. Five, so I was five nine in, in sixth grade. Then I was six four by the time I was a freshman in high school. But when I was in elementary school, you know, you sometimes you, you shoot the ball and your elbow's sticking out, and then I had to learn to keep the elbow in. And I would just say to your your kids, just practice a lot, practice a lot. And uh, I would I read all the you know, the manuals, all those books and stuff. But it's it's a great it's it's a great uh sport because um in Minnesota everyone played hockey and I played hockey for a couple of years and you gotta buy all that equipment and stuff. But basketball, you just put a hoop up in the in the driveway. It's fun to play with your friends, but you can shoot by yourself. And when you shoot by yourself, yeah, that's great. Uh you get more shots than if you played three on three. You get the, you know, so shooting by yourself, there's a way to do it. Some ball players said, if you really work up a sweat and keep moving when you're by yourself, you know, run to certain spots and work on different parts of your game. It's a great dedication and it's a, it's, it really helps you improve your game. 
Craig, I wanted to ask you. My my wife is a fan of the Thin Man series. Wow. And I know you're you're a throwback. You like Very the old impressive. movies. Yeah. I, I've tr- I've tried to get into it. I've watched a few. Um, I think they're okay. I want to get your impression on Thin Man, and and maybe sell me sell me a little bit on what why what am what am I missing there? Well, when I first discovered it. I was, oh my gosh, this is from the 30s, and this is pretty clever. Um, and uh, it's uh, Myrna Loy, and uh, he is so good. What's his name? Oh gosh, he's so good. He's so smooth. Um, I have to look it up. I can't, I'm, I can't believe I'm remember, forgetting his name. William Powell. But um, so uh, she's a socialite. He's a retired cop that now they're detectives. Nick and Nora Charles, mm-hmm. their dog Asta, and um, <laughs> so the cops would come over. They were in bed, and then and then there's I think they're in separate beds back then because that's how they had to yeah. do it. And, right, of course. And um, and and they had uh, the dresser there, and the cop is looking through the dresser, and she says, "There's a man going through my drawers." <laughs> and there were these clever little lines. I was like, "This is funny," and. Uh, yeah, it, it it was it was clever wordplay. Um, you don't have to just watch the first one and that's it. Just stop <laughs> because I'll tell you what else to watch. Just watch a bunch of Hitchcock because Hitchcock's unbelievable. Yeah, all the old Hitchcock movies. There's so many. Strangers on a Train, North by Northwest, uh, Spellbound, all, all these all these different movies. But I go around uh, Los Angeles and other places and go to the nice bars and I have martinis. And the young bartenders, I'll say, oh, that's a cute little glass. Uh, that's a Nick and Nora glass. And they say, yep, that's a Nick and Nora glass. And I'll say, you know what that's from? <laughs> nope. It's from the Thin Man series in the 1930s. So these little martini glasses, if you purchase them, they're known as Nick and Nora glasses, named after Nick and Nora Charles. They're a smaller type of martini glass. Isn't that exciting? That, that is exciting. I'm going to I'll have to get a few of those for my wife. Cause yeah. I, yeah, she loves, she loves that series. I love the dog. I, I do like the, the, the dog. <laughs> I get a kick out of the dog. Right. So on your podcast, Craig, you do your top five movies. Um, and I understand you also have, are very clear that you doesn't, they, they can move around, right? They, it can be a fluid list. Doesn't have to be, sure. doesn't have to be hard. Yep. Um, but if I were to ask you to write down your top 500 movies, right? So all your 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 favorite movies are there, five hundred. But you go right. to the columns that sort by date, right? You, you you click the sort by date <laughs> column. What would be the five most recent movies of your favorite? Your your five most recent favorite movies. I'll just give you uh, because I I I completely understand why people do not want to watch old movies. I, I don't relate to it. They make me happy. People, I have fr- a friend who doesn't really want to watch anything in black and white, and I think they're great. And they make film noir. It does something to me. But I don't force it on people, just like I don't force jazz music on people because they might sure. find it boring. But it's very relaxing to me. Bill Evans, it's beautiful music. He's a piano player. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll just give you some, and it, it may disappoint you because it does... It's a thing where I don't always uh, watch uh, Top Gun. I havenven't seen either Top Gun. I don't want to. I apologize. <laughs> That's offensive to people. I've never seen an episode of Friends. I like Daniel Craig a lot, and I liked him in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which is a, a newer movie that I really enjoy. And obviously, I love him in Skyfall yep. and all the Bond movies. The one movie that was made in 2000, I think, four or five, was Sideways, which is a really good movie about uh, this relationship with these two opposites, these two guys that are friends and opposites, and they take advantage of the wine country up in Santa Barbara. Uh, the movie takes advantage of it. It's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. What else is there? I mean, so I can't say a movie from the 70s that I recently watched, like Three no, Days you, of you, the Condor. You can say that. Three Days Give of the that. Condor, Robert Redford, is a really good movie. Um, let's see. Aha. Aha. I'm going to tell you guys something. (laughs) I like Clint Eastwood, and I actually was fortunate to meet him and have dinner with him because I knew his wife at the time. And um, I just rewatched The Mule, which was a 7.0, solid movie. 
Uh, 7.0 <laughs> is a solid number. Uh, sure. And I watched Gran Torino, which I enjoyed. Um, there's a movie uh, called In the Line of Fire, maybe late 80s, early 90s with John Malkovich and Clint. Yeah. So I enjoy Clint Eastwood movies. They're very easy to watch. Uh, let's see. What else do I watch? I do have these, you know, I have my top five movies that are like The Graduate, North by Northwest, and Chinatown. But those are extremely high-rated movies. And I tend to watch, I've said this on the podcast, movies that are rated in the 7.1, 7.2, even a 6.8, which is, it should be higher than that. That's the firm. Certain movies I watch over and over again, they're just easy to yeah. watch and entertaining. But yeah. um, I'm trying to think of other movies that, what are some recent movies that you guys like? I want to see if I can, if I've seen them. You know, a, a great movie that Jeremiah, I know you you like quite a bit and that I really enjoyed was Whiplash. Did you see that uh, one, JK? I yeah. loved Whiplash. Yeah. Simmons? Didn't see it. Sorry. It's I good. don't want to. Do, this it's could good. be a. We could be going down a road where you guys are going to be so disappointed <laughs> that I have. I do have one. I do have one. Yeah, I do have one. I, I think it was mentioned in your Ryan Rossillo interview. But I don't know if you watched it or not. Was uh, Ford versus Ferrari? Oh, that was good. Yeah, <clears throat> I enjoyed. that. I really like that. I enjoyed that movie. I watched it. Interestingly, I I was going to watch it again, and then I started, and then I wasn't in the mood. So that might say something. So I might not see it again. There are certain movies that I've seen. I go, that's good, like Social Network. But I tried to watch mm -hmm. it again. I'm not, I wasn't interested anymore in it. I saw yeah. it. That was enough. So there are other movies that I love to rewatch over and over again. Craig, what's your go-to uh, movie snack, treat, or or beverage? Well. In my mahogany panel den where I am right now, what one of the things we do when I'm not going to cook, <laughs> if I say I'm tired, because I like cooking, I make a lot of salmon, I make different dishes, um, I'll order Indian food. We have a nice place nearby that delivers Indian food, and I'll open a bottle of wine, and we'll sit in the den, my significant other, and we'll have Indian food and watch Usually it's not a sporting so – she doesn't always watch sporting events with me because they're too stressful. So it'll be a movie. When you say that it's, it's, it's stressful for your significant other and you to watch sports, like is she, is she invested in the Timberwolves too and gets stressed or does your stress making her stressed? Like what, 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 who's, who's stressed? I'm situation? not stressed, but she doesn't watch anymore because the game itself was stressful and the Wolves are not um, – in the past, you know, had not made the playoffs, so they were they would lose close games. Now I'll just show her highlights. It's just it's just something that, uh, yeah, she gets into it a little too much. I mean, which I think is cool. Like she's not oblivious to it. She's watching, and you know, um, if D'Lo misses three shots in a row, that's you know, it's like she can't. She's she's out. She's out of the room. She's out of the den. Of course, last night he made. His first seven three pointers on D'Lo bobblehead night. <laughs> so How that actually you get brings up there two things together. So uh, we're talking about movies. By the way, can I? Can I? I want to help you Go guys. Ahead, it's not a big deal when you talk yes. over each other, but what bothers me is when you do it, you seem devastated, and then you got you guys get silent for a while. And wait. <laughs> so why don't you practice talking over each other and then keep going? One of you keep going. I mean. It's like uh, oh, we, we, that yeah. was the plan. We actually talked about yeah. it, Jeremiah. You're supposed to keep going. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> Go, Jeremiah. Now, say something. All right, all right. No more, no more <laughs> devastation. You call, you call this out. Okay, thank you. So, speaking of movies, I'm I'm going to bring two two subjects okay. together like a real pro. Okay, we just watched Hustle the other night. It was Adam Sandler's oh, movie right. about yeah, the yeah. basketball scout with, and it had is it Anthony Edwards? Anthony yeah. Edwards yep. from the Timberwolves have. So did you watch you that? You know, I actually finally did a week ago, and it was good, and Ant was good. That's his nickname, Jeremiah, Ant. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good movie. <laughs> I tend not to like sports movies because um, I just I watch so much live sports, and then they try to recreate the drama of, of sports. Um, but um, So I don't really watch a lot of sports movies, but yeah, it was good. You listening to much music these days? You mentioned Bill Evans, some jazz. Is that pretty much what you stick to, or are you listening no, to uh, stuff. other stuff? What do you got in the rotation? Oh, I uh, don't make fun of me. I I have a I have Pandora for years, so I have a Pandora station because I like to uh, I I don't like to pick the music. I want them to surprise me. 
of course, I skip a lot. So in the morning, I listen to Bill Evans, which I don't skip at all. They just play great songs by Bill Evans and other artists playing that, that type of music. But when I go for my hike or my walk, that's how I get my exercise. I have the AirPods in. And I chose a station. Um, I could have chosen any station, but there's one currently. It's the Boss Gag station. And it's not necessarily for Boss Gags, although there's some good songs there. George is my favorite. But they, I'll give you, I'm just going to give you songs that I don't skip over. And I, some of them are, so this might be probably from the 80s and 90s, even though Boss Gags' big album was in the 70s, Silk Degrees. Um, mm -hmm. Stand Back Stevie Nicks is a good song. Mm. Uh, they'll play mm -hmm. I'll Be Around is a great song down. by the Spinners and they they, they play uh, Hall & Oates covering I'll Be Around uh, Eddie Money Shaken is interesting because these are up up tempo songs while I'm walking uh, <clears throat> I like West End Girls by um, and Domino Dancing Pet by Shop Boys, Pet Shop Boys. Yeah. Uh, let me just think what else plays on there where I uh, uh, theme from Cat People putting out Fire with Gasoline Bowie couple different versions of that yeah. this is not america by bowie under pressure by queen uh let's see what else do they play that's really nice uh, out of touch by hall notes so that's the kind of stuff uh and and i listen to but i also i i'm not musical myself but it's it's certainly something um i'm really into and i i talk to my brother about it a lot my 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 mom taught piano. I told you my dad played piano by ear. Everyone could sing. My brother played piano and, and was actually in a band for a little while and he could sing. So we talk a lot of, a lot of music <clears throat> and I have some funny guilty pleasures like uh, Eddie, uh, what's his name? Uh, Benny Mardonis into the night, which I use on my Instagram and yes. it kind of builds. And I go out to, when I go, I have a little place in the <laughs> desert out near Palm Springs and they have a lot of live music. And what happens is there's this uh, resort from the 1920s called La Quinta Resort, and there's a Morgan's in the Desert. It's the restaurant from 1926, and it's a great restaurant with a piano player, and I know the piano player. And he'll be playing Sinatra and Tony Bennett and the Standards. And I'll say, play Careless Whisper by George Michael, <laughs> and he'll play it, and it's so funny. It's just – so there's something comedic and beautiful about live music. There's something – and then the other day I, I requested Manilow <clears throat> and he played Manilow and I was so, I just loved it. It was fun. I love live music. So you started the podcast with your, uh, your new, well, I'll call it new, the, 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 the cleansing breath. Yeah. Right. I feel like that's something that has uh, debuted since your Instagram. Has that always been something you've done or is that part of your new the, the new Craig that's that's emerged, the, the cleansing breath before we start? Great question. Um, whenever I do something, like when I start working on something or editing something, little ideas come to me. And the cleansing breath started on Instagram. wasn't premeditated. It, I just felt it. And mm -hmm. I'm telling you, my friends, there's this guy. His name's Alex Sulkin. He's the executive producer on Family Guy. And he wrote Ted with uh, Seth MacFarlane. He loses it. I I had him on my <laughs> podcast, and we had to cut out the part where I started. I go three, two, one, <sighs> and he just started laughing and giggling, and he couldn't control it. But yeah, it I there there are different things that we do that we like comedically. Like I used to say, "Proud of you." I would sign my eight by ten. If Warren wanted an eight by ten, I said, "Warren, proud of you." I would sign them with that, and so proud of you guys. Oh, there you go. That's hilarious. So that was uh, that was something I did, <laughs> you know, twenty some years ago. Was proud of you, and um, yeah. Again, I don't deconstruct. I just do, and uh, yeah. the the, the, do. the breath is. Uh, I I get a kick out of it as well as other people. Makes me laugh. I, I, we, Alec and I were trying to figure out what it is. Am I mocking people? Am I mocking my inner peace? I don't know what it is. Do you guys have an opinion on what it is or what? I, I honestly just think it's a, um, it, it's a level set, right? It's a spiritual <laughs> internal, just That's here right. we go. You know, like whatever <laughs> you have going on in your life. <laughs> We're just resetting here, and we're we're going to be in the moment. Yeah. That's that's how I interpret it. 
Yeah, my my wife is a she's a health and wellness teacher, and she tell, tells her little uh, uh, five, six, seven year olds to just take a deep breath. If you're feeling yeah. any kind of feelings, good feelings or bad feelings, just it is very healthy. <sighs> it's like extremely it's just, it's healthy just good. to do, do deep breathing. Mm-hmm. And my significant other has said you need to do more deep breathing. But I it feels good, but I think I'm mocking the world when I do it. I'm not sure, but I, I, <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's kind of how we want to end the things. And just again, unbelievably oh gracious of you to come on this podcast with, with 20 listeners. We get 21. So cool. We've done our job. If, uh, <laughs> if there was one question that you think we should have asked you, what would that question be? But, but hold up, but hold up. Tell us what that question is. But don't give us the answer. We will just have to live with regret that we never asked you that for the rest of our right. lives. Oh, so, okay. You want me to answer the question you should have asked me? Is that what you're saying? No. What are you saying? <laughs> Opposite. He said, so what's the question? When the one question oh. we should yeah, now you. Oh, I see. The one question we should have asked didn't, and we, we need you not to answer it because we need to live with the regret for the rest oh, of our lives. That's the lesson for now. Now, you guys are clever, and, and I don't want to say deep. Let's see. Mr. Kilborn, can you still dunk a basketball? Can you oh, still wow. dunk? How great is that? Oh, wow. How great is that? With authority. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> Thank you so much. I mean, this was, this was a, a, a dream get for us, man. You'll, ne- you'll never know. We appreciate it so much. Hey, let's do it again sometime down the road. When you guys get 40 <laughs> listeners, I'm back. Oh, boy. <laughs> we'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to grab a Nick and Nora glass right now, shake up a martini, and watch the uh, football game. Excellent. Thank you so much, Greg. Please do. Please do. Enjoy your day, sir. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> See you later.